0: It's 2024. Welcome to the 980s podcast hosted by yours truly, Kevin Thompson, founder and CEO of Nine I Capital Group. Thank you guys for joining us. As I always say, subscribe to the channel. As I always say, go and get my book, Be to CFP live on Apple and Amazon. If you have any questions, comments or concerns, you can email us at info at nine I Capital Group.com. Send us your questions or you can go to the website at www dot Schedule an appointment. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, empower, and engage. And today, we're here to talk to you about the fiduciary landscape, why it's important, what it actually is, and how it's going to impact the overall financial planning space. This is big one, guys. This is a big one because we are pushing legislation through to make the fiduciary rule go far and outreaching to other professions as well. So let's get it. So we're going to first start talking about understanding what the fiduciary rule actually is. right? So let's just kick things off there. So the fiduciary rule in a nutshell, it's a set of regulations designed to ensure financial advisors act in the client's best interest. Well, you're sitting here and thinking, well, shouldn't they always act in the client's best interest? Well, Yes, they're supposed to, but no, they don't always have to because there's multiple approaches in financial planning. So this basically means prioritizing the needs over their own uh, corporation, prioritizing the needs of the clients before their own individual interests, prioritizing the needs of you as a client before they think about anything else. I know it's supposed to be common knowledge, but again, this is something that's, that's going deep and, and 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 deeper into the industry. So the fiduciary rule, again, regulatory framework designed to ensure that the financial advisors operate with the utmost integrity and prioritize the best interests of their clients. In essence, it's a pledge that goes beyond more mere compliance. It's a promise to always act in a manner that safeguards and enhances the financial well-being of those who are entrusted with the financial assets. So, so when we talk about acting in the best interest, right? When we talk about clients, we're referring to the fiduciary rule that compels advisors to put clients' needs ahead of of their own, right? So this means making recommendations, providing advice, and executing transactions that are solely aimed at benefiting the client, regardless how those actions might impact the advisor's bottom line. So imagine this, You have a trusted financial advisor bound by the fiduciary duty to guide you through the complexities of your financial plan, right? The duty extends to every aspect of the relationship from investment recommendations to financial planning and risk management. So the fiduciary rule sets a higher standard than the traditional suitability rule. The suitability standard, we all know is that you click some boxes, you answer some questions and then boom, this investment is suitable. Great. Let's put them in it. That's what was oper- operable prior to the fiduciary rule. So now what we're trying to do from a CFP committee is that we're just basically saying, we want, if you're going to call yourself a financial advisor, we want you basically to have the fiduciary rule throughout your life as well, or just not call yourself a financial advisor, call yourself something else. But that that word financial advisor should actually mean something so we can remove ambiguity. So it's important to note that the fiduciary rule is not a one-size-fits-all approach in regulation. Instead, it, it provides a framework that advisors must interpret and apply in the context of each client's unique circumstance. So one thing I want to say is that as we navigate through these various aspects of the fiduciary rule, in this episode especially, just keep in mind the foundational, the foundational uh, uh, definition of what it is. It, it's, it's, just, it's not just a legal requirement. It's a commitment that shapes the very essence of the relationship between the the financial advisor and the client. So that's part one, understanding the rule. We talked about the fiduciary rule. So let's talk about the relevance to the certified financial planner designation, right? The reason why this is important to the CFP designation is because it removes ambiguity and puts us on the same side of the client relationship. Now, a lot of advisors out there are hearing this conversation and they're getting very upset. I get it. I've been in the insurance industry. I've been in the world where commissions and everything was, was key. There's nothing wrong with commissions. This is not saying you can't do commissionable work. What we're saying is that if you're going to cause, call yourself something, you have to adhere to a certain standard. That's basically it. And the reason why it's relevant to sort of our financial plan is because we're already acting in the fiduciary landscape as this individual. And now we have other individuals wanting to act in that same landscape, but without having the fiduciary standard, that doesn't make sense. An example of why this is a very basic example. So imagine you're planning a road trip and you decide to consult with a, say a CFP to ensure your journey is financially smooth. Now let's consider two scenarios. One where your advisor operates under the fiduciary duty, and the other way they don't, right? So, in the fiduciary scenario, your CFP recommends the most cost effective route, su- suggests fuel efficient vehicles, and advises on budget friendly accommodations. Why? Because their duty is solely to ensure their financial well being, aligning every recommendation with your best interest. Now, in the non- fiduciary landscape, your advisor may receive commission from certain hotels and car rental companies. so their recommendation may, might influence might be influenced by their incentives, potentially leading them to benefit them more than you. Now, the fiduciary rule ensures that CFPs act like trustworthy navigators on your financial road trip. They guide you based on what's best for you, not what might benefit them financially. That is a very be- basic example, and I'm not to not poo-pooing on anyone for, for their stance on this, but again, I'm just trying to give you guys some examples on that. So third, how will this impact the financial industry? Well, let me tell you wh- how it's going to impact financial industry because that, that, that's a good one. The financial industry in itself will be impacted tremendously because a lot of broker dealers, warehouses, insurance companies, etc. that have people that are labeled as financial advisors on their 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 contact list will have to make some significant changes. Those significant changes are going to be and the reason this is be frank, the reason why companies don't want this legislation to pass is due to cost it's going to raise their cost yes it's going to raise their cost it's going to raise their compliance cost it's going to raise their disclosure cost it's going to raise their liability companies don't want to be liable for all of their producers so the suitability code the suitability standard acts in a in a sense a shield and and i i was going to use an example but think about it this way in this standpoint Let's just say you're in a Walmart parking lot, right? And this is the reason why the, 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 the insurance industry and, and the broker dealers and warehouses don't want the, the fiduciary standard. If I'm in a Walmart parking lot and I hit another car, who do you think they're going to sue? So if one of those advisors, quote quote unquote advisors that's on their on their list of advisors of their firm, does something wrong. Instead of you going after them in a non-fiduciary manner and and suing them or doing something to them that sticks with that individual, you can actually go for the company. And in general, when people hit people in the Walmart parking lot, they're not trying to sue just that individual. They're trying to sue Walmart. So that's why they don't want this in their, this this fiduciary standard, because now they are liable for everyone in their firm, and it's going to be very, it's going to make it more difficult for them to do business. That's how the, that's how it's going to impact the financial industry. Case in point. So next we're going to talk about benefits of the investor. Now I like to use this term first and foremost, I know you heard it a lot, but, but fiduciary advisors are bound by a legal and ethical duty to act in their best interest. This means you can trust their every recommendation not necessarily trust every recommendation because there's not there's there's some bad CFPs out there so let's just call it what it is but you can, but from a fiduciary standpoint we're supposed to act in the best interest where you can trust our recommendations our investment decisions our financial strategies that are that 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 they're crafted in a singular goal of maximizing your financial well-being so transparency is the cornerstone of the fiduciary relationship Let's really focus on that here. Fiduciary-focused advisors are committed to open communication about fees, potential conflicts of interest, and the rationale behind the recommendation. This transparency empowers you with the information needed to make well-informed decisions. One of the key points here is the minimizations of conflicts of interest. Unlike operating under different standards, fiduciaries prioritize your interest ahead of their own. It helps reduce the the risk of recommendations being swayed by financial incentives. Fiduciary advisors often provide comprehensive approach to financial planning. They consider not only your investment portfolio, but also factors outside of it, like tax planning, retirement planning, risk management. This approach ensures that your financial strategy aligns with your broader life goals, fee structures, etc. So by prioritizing your best interest, fiduciary advisors contribute to building long-term trusting relationships. This relationship is purely not transactional. It's a partnership focused on your financial success. When your advisor succeeds in helping you achieve your goal, it's a win-win scenario that's the benefit to the investor so let's go to the next one who does the financial fiduciary rule impact so so let's identify let's identify that for a reason for, for a quick moment it's going to impact like i said before wirehouses broker dealers basically all of us in the financial industry and and here's the reason Everybody wants to call themselves a financial advisor, a financial planner, a financial coach, yada yada yada. Well, let's just be frank. I said this. On, I said this on one of the threads we were talking on LinkedIn a couple of days ago, and I said we can make this very simple. If you don't want to be a fiduciary and be held to that standard, just don't call yourself a financial advisor. Strip the strip the financial advisor from you. you. Can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. But you cannot use the financial advisor as your tag. That's not who you are anymore, because you don't want to you don't want to be ruled by the fiduciary standard, and that's okay. Just don't be a don't be considered a financial advisor. The rule, the reason why is because there's so much ambiguity in this world where everybody can call themselves a financial advisor, and then they're asking questions. Well, are you in the suitability standard? Are you fiduciary standard? Do you charge fees? Do you do this? We're, they're trying to basically simplify this thing and say, "Okay, I'm a financial advisor." And they, if you say financial advisor, you already know this is how they get paid. This is what they do. Is it fee based? Is it fee only? This is what this is what it is, and it's there. There's there's so much ambiguity, and we're trying to remove that, but it's going to impact most people on the other side of the fence are going to say it's going to impact the consumer. It's going to impact the consumer and it may impact the consumer. I'm going to agree with that. It possibly will impact the consumer because there are going to be some people that may not get the same level of service. And, And I understand that. But it doesn't mean that there's not some provider out there that's going to come from this that's going to be able to build that service in on a fiduciary scale. That's the beauty of markets and capitalism, because when there's an area that is weak, there's something that always comes up. And again, you're going to say, that's what I we're talking about. It's the suitability standard. It's for those individuals. Not necessarily. Just because someone has $40,000 in the IRA and they're living on Social Security doesn't mean they, they need an annuity or life insurance. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or a mutual fund to get 5.5% low doesn't mean that. They can still get help from a fiduciary, absolutely. Challenges and criticisms. I love this. So no regulations without its challenges. So let's address some of them. Every regulation faces a fair amount of challenges, and the fiduciary rule is no exception. So one common criticism revolves around the increased compliance costs for financial advisory firms. I feel it. But my question is this. If I have the increased cost, you don't want those increased costs as well. You want to act in the same level level playing field, but without the cost. Doesn't make sense to me. Adherence to the fiduciary standard often requires additional resources for documentation, training, ongoing monitoring, which constrains smaller firms like myself. Some argue that the fiduciary rule might. Limit investor choice by discouraging certain types of commission-based compensation structures. Critics suggest that the limitation could reduce options for investors seeking financial advice. Another challenge is the potential impact on accessibility to advice. Especially for smaller investors, the fear is that some advisors might avoid working with clients with lower asset levels due to perceived complexity and costs associated with fiduciary compliance. That's true. There are also concerned that the fiduciary rule could lead to a one-size-fits-all approach overlooking the diversity of investor needs. Critics argue that the rule might not adequately consider the varying circumstance and preferences of different, critics, or sorry, different clients. Some financial professionals express concerns about the ambiguity of certain aspects of the fiduciary rule leading to uncertainty in its interpretation and implementation. Clarity and specificity in regulations are crucial for effective compliance. So in a nutshell, these challenges and criticisms are valid. And this is what's being argued on in, in Washington, D.C. today. So striking a balance between regulation and flexibility remains a key discussion in ongoing conversations around this rule. So there's a lot that could be said about this overall fiduciary landscape. And I'm gonna leave it at that because there's a lot to discuss. Actually, I'm gonna add in one more thing. This is about you, the investor. This is about what you guys should be considering. Why should the average investor care about this fiduciary rule? Okay, so let's shift focus to why this matters to you. Understand this. So let's talk about the average investor considerations. So let's shift focus on as to why the average investor should pay attention to the fiduciary rule. Understanding its implications can significantly impact the quality of financial advice you receive and ultimately influence your investment outcomes. My favorite term, first and foremost, as you know, the fiduciary rule establishes higher standard of care for financial advisors. So when working with the fiduciary, you can trust that they are legally obligated to act in your best interest. This creates a relationship built on trust, transparency, and a shared goal of helping you achieve your financial objectives. We're trying to align your rec- the recommendation with your best interests. Fiduciaries are less likely to be influenced by conflicts of interest. We're less likely uh, in regards to... Um, the, the fiduciary rule emphasizing the importance of ongoing communication education. Fiduciary advisors are encouraged to keep you informed about your investments, provide regular updates and, and educate you on your financial matters. For the average investor, this means by having a partner who is not only focused on performance of your investment, but also the overall financial well-being. In contrast, non-fiduciary advisors may be held to a lower standard, which could potentially lead to advice that may not be in your best interest. They may Sell your product, talk to you once or twice a year, maybe not at all after they sell that product. I've had multiple clients that are sold an insurance policy and annuity and never hear from that advisor again. So it's it's, the same thing can be said about the fiduciary landscape as well, right? They're they're, they're not, you can't absolve them of guilt. But the reality is, is that there's a lot that can be made from this legislation. So I hope this has been a valuable use of your time. I know I gave you a lot of information there, but today we talked about the fiduciary rule, why it matters, how it's going to impact the industry, and why you, why you should care. The fiduciary rule, like I said before, in conclusion, is a powerful, powerful piece of legislation that's going that's trying to remove ambiguity across, across the, the scope of, of financial planning. The CFPs, like myself, we are, we are in line and lockstep with trying to get this, ma- this matter passed and removing the ambiguity between who can call themselves a financial advisor and who cannot. So again, regardless of who you work with, there's a need for both. There's a need for, for non, non-fiduciary and fiduciary uh, advisors because sometimes we like to use the non-fiduciary individuals to, to purchase products for our clients. And that's okay. There's always a need, especially in this capitalist society, for all different forms of compensation. Thank you guys for joining the 9 Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Don't forget to get my book, MLB to CFP, live on Apple and Amazon. As you know, we're here to do what? Educate, empower, and engage. And today we talked about the fiduciary rule. We got a lot of stuff coming down the pike this year. We got... um. Uh, New York best-selling authors they are going to be on these things. We're going to have multiple, multiple uh, uh, individuals and uh, interviews. Stay humble, stay safe, my friends, and I'll see you guys again soon.